welcome everybody to uh, the first episode of The Solardians with Marcus Boston. And I'm uh, Cecil W. Adams. Get the fuck out of here, that Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cecil W. Adams. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, you heard Cecil W. Adams and Marcus Boston. Um... Cecil has something on his chest you want to share with you fine folks today. And this is my first time hearing this story as well. So we're going to listen for the first time together. At least, well, yeah, that makes sense. Right. First um, time together. So what are we talking about, Cecil? What, what are you going to share with our fabulous audience today? Well, you remember uh, probably about a month ago now, I was talking about buying uh, buying my first bar. Right. The building and everything. And yeah, yeah. I was going through all the... The process, you know, mm-hmm. learning and, and trying to figure out where I was going to come up with the money and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the place was, I looked at it originally, it was $650,000, right? Yep. Originally, that was several months ago, it was probably a year ago. And uh, I got a text uh, from the owner of the building, uh, probably two months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, we, we dropped the price. Uh, it was actually my third text from him. But he came back and he was like, oh, we were, they were at 500 is what they came down to. And then they're an older couple and uh, they live in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I get the text, like, we dropped the price to 389 I'm like, well, fuck, man, that's a great So from number. 5 to 389 Yeah. Damn. They're... they're that's the only piece of property they got left. They're in retirement mode. Yeah. I mean, they're in their 60s. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck, that's a great price. And I got on it. Right. I was on it. I went to to my, my buddy that's a commercial banker, mm-hmm. went to him, and he's like, well, at 389 you still need, you know, uh, basically $80,000 down. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, I don't have $80,000 on me. <laughs> right. So I'm still I'm working my way, working my way. I'm, I'm going to different people, laying out my 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 plan and and what I'm trying to do. And you know, right now in St. Louis, it's a it's a soft market. Yeah. So basically, for people that don't know, a soft market means there's more sellers than buyers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that invest in real estate were kind of out of it. The people I knew. Mm-hmm. But. That's on me because I didn't explain the vision. You know, the vision, it was there. I just, the first response was no, and I just accepted it. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> I'm at work, and uh, this was a month and a half ago. We had a phone call from a guy that I met in 1998, working at Cracker Barrel in Cape Girardeau. Cracker Barrel, that, that name bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I'm hungry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that breakfast sounds really good. Yeah. Right. So I get a call from him. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Uh, him and I text, you know, here and there, not not as often as we should. Mm-hmm. So he called me. I was I was assuming that he was drunk downtown or something because he lives out in like West County or whatever, St. Charles, something mm-hmm. uh, way in the foot, basically Kansas City. Right. And uh, I got the call and I was like, shit. I was at work. I was like, oh, fuck. So I took the call and he's like, hey, man, you got some time to talk? I was like, actually, I'm just getting off my shift. So yeah, I got I got a few minutes. He was like, 
I mean, I just put a contract in on a on a building that's uh, on a certain street that I can't name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, wait, what? And then I named off the address. He was like, yeah, that's exactly it. I was like, motherfucker. I was looking at that. I was trying to buy that building. He's like, well, yeah, man, we bought it. You know, we got the contract in on it. It's not 100% certain, but it's, it's you know, we were doing our due diligence. You, you have a due diligence period. From when right. you put a contract in, you have what's called a due diligence period. I was like, all right. He's like, you know, there's a bar below it. I was like, yes, I know, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I am fully aware, you right. son of a bitch. And he's like, well, I'd love to talk to you about leasing it. I was like, cool, man. Uh, when do you want to meet? He was like, uh, I don't know, Monday? I was like, this was Saturday. I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, I go and meet him and, and meet. He's the buyer's agent. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't technically him. It was a, There was another guy that I met who was the buyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and I hit it off pretty well, and and kind of shared. You know, he asked me what I would do with it, and I told him the whole thing. And he wanted to be. He's like, "Oh, I, I'd love to be a partner on it." And this guy does well for himself. He's done really well. Been very successful. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "This is what I need from you. Is I need what it would cost to open it." Cool. So I already had a business plan. I had to rewrite some of it. Yeah, but. You know, I did all that, you know, and laid out all the costs. And I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of corners you can go through, like buying stuff used, whatever, whatever. He's like, just figure out everything new, the highest dollar number to get it going. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I did all that. I did my due diligence myself and, you know, background checked him and, like, mm-hmm. make sure he wasn't selling wolf tickets, you know, like, just did my thing. Right. And I got all that to him, and he's like, oh, man. He's like, well, that's a little less than I thought, blah, 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 you know, humbug, whatever. We're just like going back and forth. And then about three weeks later, him and I have been talking for a couple weeks. He got sick in that time period or whatever, and, yeah. and we were talking, and I'm I'm getting hyped because not only was he going to be a partner on it and do the build out, but then also he was going to front the money for my working capital. Mm-hmm. That way I was going to be out of pocket nothing. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that, like, he was basing off of my knowledge, and he did his due diligence as well, like, did his background checks on me and did everything like that. But, you know, I'm feeling really good about this, and I'm, like, set for success. Mm -hmm. I am set, right? Well, then I get a text from my friend, who's the buyer's agent. He's like, shit, we're into a snag. I was like, okay. So there's two apartments above it, right? Right. And then the bars underneath. Yeah. In order to have those two apartments where you can Airbnb those, mm-hmm. you need uh, occupancy permits, right? Mm-hmm. So there should be three for the whole building, the bar, and then one for each apartment. Right. They only had one occupancy permit apartment, or for the apartments upstairs, they only had one for the two of them. So they were only able to get two, but it was advertised as having three. Yeah. Right? So, shit. All right. He's like, well, I had to put down the uh, price that we were offering, our offer. I had to move it down. We'll see what they say because it's a lot of work in order to get it to to get the other occupancy permit. Mm -hmm. They had to, you know, take out some walls and move some shit around and do, you know, Mm -hmm. at least $20,000 worth of of work in order to get it there. Cool. I was like, all right, man. Uh, 
cool. I'll, I'll stand by patiently. You know, like, mm-hmm. let's see how this pans out. That night that I got the text, I got a text from another real estate agent friend of mine who is actually a part of the family. We'll call it that way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man, we just, uh, the owner of the company I work for and I just walked the building and uh, it's great, man. It's two apartments up above with a bar underneath. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, Sounds what? familiar. Right. Again. And then I said the address to him. He's like, ha yeah, how'd you know? Oh, God. And I was like, well, my friend has a contract on their place. He's like, no, no, man, it fell through. I was like, well, I don't know. Well, <sighs> then the next day, he... The the second one. So the family, the part of the family guy texted me and said, oh, yeah, we put a contract in on the on the place. I uh, definitely want you to meet with my boss because so, we're going to hold this property. Mm-hmm. I definitely want you to meet him. And so you can, you know, you know, if you're interested in leasing a place, blah, 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 blah. Like we could, you know, just kind of we can all talk, have an initial meeting. I was like, all right, cool, man. Cool. But. Like I really think this is this is weird. This is really weird. You know, right. and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, shit. So I screenshot the family member and I's conversation and sent it to my my buddy that I've known since '98 and the the actual buyer of the place. I was like, hey guys, I don't know what's going on, but this is the the, the text I got. Mm-hmm. Well, then <laughs> they come back with what? Wait, what? What? What are you talking about? Like, that's not a thing. Like, what do you know? We have a contract on it. And I was like, look, man, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But this is, this is the deal. Well, then they go to work. Right. And then I get a text from my buddy since I've known since 98. He says, so the real estate agent representing the people that own the actual property, Mm -hmm. if I, if the guy I bring to the table buys it, we split fifteen thousand, so seven thousand five hundred dollars a piece, right? Mm-hmm. But if she sells it without a buyer's agent, she gets the whole fifteen. They get the whole fifteen, and mm-hmm. he's like, "So this agent apparently mm-hmm. Whenever he put in a lower offer because all the work that had to be done mm-hmm. sought out another buyer so behind their back, not telling anybody. So she can get that 15? Uh-huh. Mmm. Because now the other buyer still would have to deal with the occupancy yes, issue regardless. Cause it's and like- the person that listed it uh-huh. listed it as a three-room three property. But knowing it was two. Correct. So, she broke so many laws of real estate by doing that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you how do you plan to like? Right. See, thought she's gonna get the only way they would have ever known. The only way. This is what's so fucked up about the situation. The only way these two would have known what was going on was because of me. Right, because they both the knew me. Yeah, yeah. And so here I am. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm trying not to get in the middle of this, but it's like, 
fucking a man like this this person is literally trying to flip the script on my friends yeah. so fuck you first on both off. sides on both sides and because the agent isn't telling the second one because they have they have enormous amount of money they're a big company mm-hmm. and this other guy has an enormous amount of money but he's one guy mm-hmm. so she's trying to make more money for herself yeah. and like doing all she don't want to split the 15 she no, wanted it all she wanted it all which is comes down to greed. Yeah. And now that greed is probably going to cost that person their career. Yeah, you see how it works. All because you wanted 15 over 75. Right. All, well, also all because it just so happened that not making it all about me, but it's just one of those situations where it just happened to be just because I knew both players in the game. Yeah. And both players in that game hit me up. Right. And so, at first I was like, oh, fuck, man. I'm going to get fucked in this situation. But the way I flipped it in my head because of the new way of thinking with, with the new me is either way, whichever one gets in, I'm still going to be a part of it. Right. But that was what I was dealing with this last week. Like, fuck, man. Like, I'm thinking, like, man, I don't want to go to court. I don't want to do all this stuff. Like, because... My buddy that's known that I've known since '98 uh-huh. could totally go after this person and sue the shit out of him. Rightfully for, so. Yeah. So now I'm just like, and like I don't know what's going on because now the family member is like, well, my boss doesn't want to deal with that situation because of that, and then on the other side, my friend since '98 is like, well, we don't want to deal with that. Like, you know, we're gonna get our money back. Mm-hmm. But then there's the white knight that steps in. The white knight is the owner of the actual property uh-huh. called uh, my buddy, the buyer's agent. 98. 98. Called them and was like, hey, look, just heard this whole situation. I don't want to, like, no, this isn't me. This is that person, mm-hmm. that real estate agent representing mm-hmm. themselves. I want to get a deal done. I just want this done. Like, right. We're not losing money on it because we bought it for whatever they bought it for back, back in, in 25 years ago. Right. Way less than what they're selling it for. Absolutely. It's just the margin's not as high as it was. Yeah. So now maybe, maybe, maybe something will work out. I don't know, but it was just like, it's one of those things. Like, I'm right there and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is the, the journey. The journey is yeah. about to like actually get started, you know? And, you know, I was, at a point where I thought my buddy since 98, they, that group was going to get it. Mm-hmm. So I was setting up plans for Mardi Gras. I got all the, I, I guess the good thing about it is I, I got the business plan done. Yep. Some, got that done. I did all the things I needed to get done. If I were going to have a bar of my own, I got all of it done. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's some tweaking compared to the places or whatever the, the place fits, but still I got all that done. And, you know, Figured out all the process to getting a liquor license, what it have to get done, everything like that, which is good, but still, fucking, fuck, man, you were, I was so close, yeah, and and it may not be over. I just know that I'm not gonna have a bar for the 2019 Mardi Gras, right? Yeah, damn, yeah, yes. the The positive side was you got the experience, you know how to set it up mm-hmm. um, to be prepared for the moment. When the actual situation arrives, the sucky side is not having that that uh vessel for 
2019. Right. And and and, and it's not on you, just greed, human greed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now you went from getting at the worst, you're deserving seven five from doing it the right way to fucking yourself out of everything because you want a little bit more. Right. And so that brings me to the point of of you know, yes, I was really close to the dream. Mm-hmm. I was really close to the dream. I was super close to the dream. But I'm not giving up on the dream. No. That, and that's that's you know, in life, you and I, we both fell so many times in our life. Mm-hmm. We fell, and I that's could what I sit put in there. This shit was hard as a motherfucker. Didn't you say that? Hell no! I knew I was missing oh. an ingredient. I'm over something. Would you just take tequila? Dog, dog, dog. I was like, I'm missing. A, I should ask a question, but I was over drinking tequila and lime juice. Over like, <laughs> I knew something missing out my damn cup. <clears throat> so. Oh, that's, that's. I think that's the point of the podcast today is you're going to fall along your way on Tasting That Dream. Mm-hmm. Your ability to get back up and just be like, fuck it, whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. To get back up and keep on pounding. Keep on working on your craft. Keep on doing the things that have gotten you to the point you are now. Because right. all you're doing is making yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. And think about all of you learned through that process and that was a very small window you learned a lot and got a lot of shit done prove to yourself that you can do it right and so now the hardest step is usually the first step now going forward you got the framework you got the foundation so whatever shows up going down the road you're even better prepared because you have that training camp yep. so, so when, it, when the game comes when, it, when you get called to right to serve you're prepared for because you have that live experience that you know yeah. it might still work out in the long run but you still have something they can't take from you right and also it does suck but i value the experience yeah got to because i know people always tell me that real estate is a motherfucker man absolutely and and getting stabbed like not stabbed but like getting to that point and then just like nah man this ain't gonna work it's like fuck mm-hmm I'm harder now, like harder, like more of a defense and, and everybody's lying until the money's out. Yeah. And I know that I've known that for a long time. It just reaffirmed it that at the end of the day, until the, the paper sign, nothing's, nothing's certain. No. It's all just conversation until the ink hits the, hit the pad. Right. And you get the pad, the money transfers, everything's good. You got that title in your hand. Mm-hmm. Then, all right, everybody was telling the truth. Yeah. Until then, don't believe any of it. Nope. Just, <laughs> uh, just be happy that you're on this ride and take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And um, keep it, keep moving. You got to be prepared for the best, for the yes and the no. Right. Exactly. And the fact, what I am happy about is that I did, like, I was straight up and straightforward with uh, my buddy's... Nine-eight? Yeah, nine-eights, his buyer. Like, our whole conversation, I treated it like what it was. It was a business proposition, and I told him all the ins and outs of it. And he's like, oh, do you want to sign a... a, What is it? The... uh, We can't talk about it. NDA? NDA. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, man. I don't need an NDA. 
He's like, really? I was like, nah, man. I was like, I could give you everything that I'm doing, everything that I want to do. But at the end of the day, I know that even if you steal it and take it and go do whatever with it, mm-hmm. you won't be able to do it because real estate is your game. Yep. Not not running the bar. Mm-hmm. He smiled. He got a big smile. And that dude was like, I respect that because yeah. that's honestly the truth. He's like, real estate's my game. I'm not a bar guy. Yeah. So there was no NDA. And I'll do that with everybody because my plan will work. The plan, it's simplistic. It is. But they can't. Nobody, I give them my plan. I can give you my whole fucking playbook. But then the day you're not going to be able to, to do my plays. Right. It's like if Kevin Hart came in here and said, okay, Cece will be a comedian. This is how I run my shit. But you can't get on stage and do what he do because he has the 10 years of or yeah. 15 of experience to execute that plan. Mm-hmm. You 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 can go, okay, this is how you can't that's not your lane. Right, no. That's not your strength. So no. yeah, absolutely. And you know, I want all the people that listen, the seven to twelve that <laughs> listen to this podcast. <laughs> hey guys, know your worth. Mm-hmm. I know I know that's a fucking overused term. But no, I'm not saying that, that your worth is a lot if you've been doing something for a year. But I've been in this game for 16 years, 10 years straight in Soulard. I know my worth. Mm-hmm. I know how good I am. And it's not being cocky. It's just I know what I can do. And, yeah, there may be when you have an idea and you've been in this, this whatever you're, this craft that you're, you have in your life that you've been working on, you may go to 25 people and all twenty five, like ah, I don't want to. I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to fuck with it. But that when you fail is when you don't go to the twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you like this: I had my friend from ninety eight, the buyer agent or the buyer, called me, and I already knew the story because I had talked to the family friend and I knew what was going on. But he called me and and laid it out to me what exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and at the end of that conversation wasn't the end but like after you got tell me what i already knew which was fine i I listened because you know like you thought he was giving you information yeah he told me he said i've got two other places that i'm working on that are in great spots and he told me the spots i can't say them but right same situation these are new builds And he told me that on both of them that he wanted to partner with me and have me run the business out and beneath it and build it out to the specs and that he believed in me that much that, yeah, this one may not worked out, but he knows that I can do, I have this, I have the fire that he wants Mm -hmm. and I have the desire that he wants to do that at these brand new fucking bills. Right. It always it always pays off to be a stand up person. Yeah. Even if the the moment what you're doing doesn't work out, people remember everything we do is about building uh relationships and um being memorable in the positive way. So Exactly. So th- that's that's the whole point. Like if I hadn't have worked at Cracker Barrel in nineteen ninety eight, I would never met my friend. 
who 20 years later would hit me up with this opportunity. And that opportunity didn't work out, but I had the opportunity to meet a friend of his mm-hmm. that's going to lead into some crazy-ass opportunity for me. Yep. And people never think of long-term. They're always thinking micro. They never think macro. Mm-hmm. Macro, macro with 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 my friend from 98 was never, never about this moment it just led up to. It was always... We're cool, man. We're both the same age. Like we both are college, you know, college athletes. Like we're like in common, man. We were cool. Yep. And just staying cool with him and, you know, keeping in touch. Even if it's on his birthday, you know, I'm still texting like, Hey man, happy birthday, you know, mm-hmm. do the same for me. And you know, when when he got a divorce, I was like, he needed extra money, so he came and worked for me at one on one. Working as a door guy. A couple days a week, gave him some beer money, whatever, and then Eventually, in, he ended up playing volleyball and met his new wife. Yeah. You know, like, this is, this You're little, welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's just funny how all this shit works. All from just being kind and giving, yeah. giving love with nothing expected in return. Yeah, I'm, I'm living where I am now and have this great place, but... Just by giving love and, and being an honest person and being true, it's going to lead to so much more. Oh, absolutely. Being, I think where people fuck up is they just expect something in return. Like, oh, I, 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 I got that guy a job, or I found that guy met his wife because of me. Like, who the fuck cares? Right. You're just you're being kind. You're helping somebody out, and people forget that. Mm-hmm. You get more by giving than you ever will from taking. Yeah. Giving is his own reward. And it don't have to, it don't have to be to that to that level. Just in general, like just do what's right for the sake of doing it, for doing do do what's right for the sake of doing what's right, and that's it. Yeah. If you can base your life as a person by just doing what's right, you're always going to come out ahead. It may not be immediate mm-hmm. gratification, but eventually it's going to work out. Slow cooked meal tastes a lot better than anything in the microwave. I mean, hot pockets are pretty fucking delicious. Yeah, but is is this good like a nice no cooked? I don't know what it's like equivalent of a hot pocket, but whatever that is, right? No, it's always you, you're right. I was just saying hot pockets. hot pockets sound good too right now. Oh no, you don't need, you're on your fast. Stop. I know, but I'm just saying stop bringing right. food stuff. Right? Okay, fair enough. So yeah, uh, I, I and it weighed on me like it had me down in the dumps until I realized like, hey man, like everything's gonna be fine. Just mm-hmm. stick to the grind. You've been grinding for so fucking long. Just stick to that. Like everything's gonna be fine. And yeah, nothing. Do I have anything for certain now? No. What you did was right. Exactly. At the end of the day, I did what was right. I stayed true. Mm-hmm. I gave out the exact information that I was given. I didn't lie about anything. There's no reason to lie. Like nope. I, lying to me is is. The worst thing that I could have done in that situation. Absolutely. Even people are like, oh, the truth hurts people sometimes. No, it depends on how you fucking spin it, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> right. If you're like, oh, like, what do you think of my fucking outfit? Well, it's just trash. It's just trash. Or you could be like, well, I mean, I think you have better outfits. I like this part of it, but maybe we can do something with this shirt. Right. And when people lose that and they're like, oh, I'm just a straightforward motherfucker. No, man, you're not a straightforward motherfucker. You're an asshole. Yeah. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. 
Right. And and when when people just God man, I just really want people to understand that that you keep working hard, shit's gonna pay off. Even mm-hmm. though it maybe it'll be immediate gratification, it will. Like, yeah, so and so is an asshole and he fucking got this deal done. He made this amount of money. Cool, man. But how's he living outside of that money? Like how think about his think about his sleep? insides. Yeah, how does he sleep? How does he? Because most of the time, motherfuckers like that, the, the the instant gratification people are miserable. Miserable. Because now you got Now you have to chase another bad experience to distract you or remove you from the from the the bad that you do. So you know when you do good, you can sleep on it. You're like, "Ooh, I did it right. I keep right. it moving." When you do something bad, you feel guilty. It's on it's on your spirit. So now you have to do something else to forget distract you from. Yeah. What you did. You yeah. just get done the right fucking thing and been over with. Right. And it took me a long time to learn that. Mm-hmm. Guys, I don't want you people at home to think that I've always been this way. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of self self help over this last two years. I mean, I've always tried to do the right thing. But if sometimes the dark side comes out. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been there. Everybody's been there. Absolutely. And like, I chose the right side this time, and I saw how well it could work out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep on doing that. Yeah. So what would you say the moral of the story is, Cecil? Uh, the moral of the story is shit's going to get bleak sometimes. You're going to get hyped up about a lot of shit in your life. Man, I've been hyped up on so many times about shit, all kinds of different shit. And every one of them has fall, fell, fell through. Every one of them. Every one of them. But I keep on grinding. I keep mm-hmm. on doing what's got me to this point that I might have that opportunity. Right. So, I feel like people just need to like just stay on your shit, man. You keep doing the little things that make you great. And that's just going to pay off. Every time. Just stay with it. Keep doing the little things right. The, you know, a, a saying that I came up with, and it, it's always been my self-talk to myself. I've never really told anybody this, but small steps add up to big, big results. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. Salarian exclusive. Right. But I feel that way to my fucking bones, man. Keep doing the small shit, and the and something big is going to happen. But but if your small shit isn't going towards what your final goal is, then you're, you, you need to reassess. Like, it, it, if you want to have a clothing line and you just talk about, oh, some, someday I'm going to start, someday I'm going to start doing this, someday I'm going to start doing this, someday I'm going to start doing this, and you're not taking any steps towards that, that someday is always going to be someday. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be the now. Someday I'm going to start a podcast. Hey, you know what? I started a fucking podcast. Someday I, I'm going to have a person that's way more uh, artistic than I am working with me on a podcast. You know what? I got somebody that is way more artistic than I am working on a podcast with me because I'm taking steps towards. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm taking steps towards that goal. We are taking steps now. Now it's just not me by myself trying to figure this shit out. I got Marcus Boston, this motherfucker, figuring shit out. Yeah. You know, 
Yes. That's correct. Yeah, I'm, put, I'm putting in 70 hours a week at work. I don't have time to be, you know, I, I, I can try, but, like, me sitting in front of a computer is like a fucking Neanderthal sitting with a fucking stone in his way trying to figure out how to get something done. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at now with this if it wasn't for you. Wait, I don't know if that was the right one. What I'm saying is that <laughs> Moral of the story is make sure, guys, that you're going towards what you want. Stop fucking doing the day-to-day fucking bullshit and and start doing what you want to do. You know, I, I literally, if anybody that's listening wants to do start a podcast, just email, call, text, come to the bar, come to fucking catch Darian uh, ref and volleyball. And just be like, hey man, I, I'd love to learn how to podcast. Cool, man. You can come to the fucking studio. Mm-hmm. I will. We will write down, show you everything that you want to know. Like you, it's you not a fucking like, secret, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not a secret, man. Like I, I, we are chopping down these trees, not literally. I got one for that. Hold on, say it again. Say it again. Ready. We are chopping down these trees, not literally. <laughs> But what's the word? Not literally, but uh, figuratively. Figuratively, see, knocking these things down. So other, so we can show other people like they are way more better, way more better. Is that is that the right? There are better people at podcasting. That wasn't it. There are better people at this than what yep. we are. We know that, but they had to start somewhere, right? And we are working every day to be better, obviously, but like we don't want to hold people down. We want to bring people up. That's the reason the Soulardian podcast was started because we are wanting to bring people up. I'm not going to hide any information. If somebody's like, hey, I want to start a podcast about fucking ceramic cats, cool. Let me show you the way to get your audio set up. Let me show you the way to get your, your, Social media set up. Yeah, let's let's. Where to go. Yes, I will show you all that. If you want to talk about glass cats on a podcast, cool. I am with you. I will help you every step of the way. And the amazing part is definitely an audience for it, but you got to put the work in to find it. Yeah, because there's a niche market for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. You know, your podcast, your your solo podcast, is like taking off so quickly that I'm just like, holy shit, man. Like, awesome. Dude, like, I, I, you know, you're doing what you need to do to do it. And for me, yeah, mine's not quite got off as quick, but I haven't been doing everything I need to do. I'm getting there. Yeah, but me doing mine makes yours even easier because I got it figured out. And so whenever you're ready, wow. Right. right, exactly. But the key is that we're doing it together because we're helping each other. Absolutely. And once again, the point of the Soulardian podcast is building a tribe of people that can help each other. That's right. There's nobody that's going to come in that's going to be a part of Soulardian that isn't going to help people out. Because if you are, if you're one of those people that are just off doing your own thing, you're going to be out of the tribe. You're going to be doing your own thing. Yeah. Like we, this is this whole thing we're building is about love and helping each other out 
And Alpha you trap. Know, like it. Bang, bang, bitches. <laughs> Great energy drink, by the way. That it, you, that it, you go, absolutely. Bang. Fuck every, time, every time I go to buy one, I just say, bang. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, man, it felt good to say that, man. It, it feels really, like, it, it been weighing on me. It, it felt good to get that out there. Yes. And I'm glad I held it back from you until this. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I, I feel my mind is blown. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, ready to wrap it up? Yep. Well, uh. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? <laughs> All right, folks. And we're going to end on that note. I am Marcus Boston. And I am Cecil W. Adams. And this has been episode one of the Tulardians. Until next time, love yourself, love each other, and just be great. Peace. Bye.